This is purely art. We create magic over here. Huh. Hello, and welcome back to Inside the Indies. I'm your host, Tim Farley. From Armbar Audio, of course. That's the channel that you're watching right now. Uh, a lot has happened in the world of indie wrestling since I last came to you. Um, most particularly, Alex Shelley lost the IWTV Independent World Championship to the first openly gay wrestler, AC Mack. And AC Mack wrestled Willow Nightingale on WWR Plus's Galentine's Day Massacre. And this was no ordinary match. If Willow won, she got the title. But if AC Mack won, he got the rights for Uncharted Territory. And as you know, Beyond uh, replaced Uncharted Territory on Thursday nights with Wrestling Open. Um... At first, when we heard about this news, we were like, why? Uncharted Territory is great. And Wrestling opens a different kind of concept. There are names that we know, but mostly it is unknown wrestlers. Uh, the tickets are at 10 bucks, and it's, it's an experiment that Beyond's trying out, or maybe even just IWTV as well. Um, but... Now, Uncharted Territory will be taking place in the South, as AC Mack, once he got the title, said that he wanted the eyes of the indie scene on the South, um, which I think is fantastic. Uh, the eyes of the indie world are, you know, Florida, um, the Northeast, the West Coast, you don't hear a lot about the South unless you're unless you're there. I know there's there's a lot of promotions in Tennessee and um, Georgia, Kentucky, stuff like that, but it, it doesn't get the same type of love. And I, so I know what AC Max talking about. But we're not here to talk about that today. This past weekend, uh, we saw two. Great indie promotions come back in full force. One with Black Label Pro's professional wrestling, Mikey's version, and the uh, Portland, Oregon promotion, Prestige Wrestling with Roseland 2. First, I will talk about Black Label Pro. Because Black Label Pro, I really loved Black Label Pro right before the pandemic. Like... I I was a major fan. I love their commentary team. I love their announcer. I like the gym that they run out of. Like, it's just... And they bring in great names, and they have good... They have good wrestlers there that I don't know of. Like, there, is, there were some people on this card that I had never heard of before, and I came out as a fan. So, let's get into that. 
The first match was Trey Lamar against Anthony Henry. And Anthony Henry is part of the Work Horseman with J.D. Drake. Uh, both of those guys made their name uh, kind of in full impact pro and evolve like uh, WWN places. And then uh, Anthony Henry got signed to WWE and much like um, Blake Christian and Alex Zane wasn't really used too much. I mean, he was here on 205 Live here and there and uh, maybe the uh, very sporadic NXT appearance, but uh, he's been back on the indie scene in full force. And Trey Lamar has been fantastic ever since I started watching him. Uh, if you're not familiar with either of these guys, Anthony Henry uh, is more of a striker and a technician, whereas Trey Lamar is very... When you look at him, you immediately think of guys like Leo Rush and Chris Bay. Um and he, he does do a lot of quick movements and a lot of springs, but he's also very technically proficient as well. Uh, this match, for being the opening uh, match for Black Label Pro's return, was perfect. Um, you had, from, from the minute the bell rang, I was engaged. Um, and... Like I said, there was a lot of... Anthony Henry was very vicious. And it felt like even when Trey Lamar was in control of this match, he was still fighting an upward battle. And ultimately, Anthony Henry won uh, with a beautiful dragon sleeper that he pulled back into a rear naked choke that, Anthony, that Trey Lamar had to tap out this match is definitely a must-watch. The second match on the card was doo -doo -doo, uh, Dan the Dad versus Rohit Raju. Uh, you know, here at Armbar Audio, we love Rohit Raju. Uh, he gave us one of our best interviews, and he's such a cool guy. Um, but he is not in wrestling, right? He's, he, he's a perennial heel. Uh, and Dan the Dad, honestly, is my favorite gimmick right now. Um, like on the indies, I, I won't, I won't say like he. It's better than Orange Cassidy. I like Orange Cassidy a lot. And uh, Dan Housen, Dan Housen's a very specific kind of guy. Like, I, I still haven't made my mind up. On how I feel about Dan Housen. Sometimes I really like him. Sometimes I feel he's a little too overboard. But Dan the Dad, the gimmick is perfect because he wears like jean shorts, glasses, uh, a, a cap, and like New Balance, like those old man New Balance or Nike shoes that you would get at like a Payless or like a uh dsw or something like that you know like the kind you would get your grandfather for christmas and it's just so funny um 
Rohit Raju is very good at stop and go type of wrestling where he could speed it up when he wants to. He could slow it down when he wants to. And he's a very good uh, counter wrestler. Whereas Dan, he pulled out a lot of power moves in this match. It, It was a very good back and forth. But the end came whenever Rohit Raju used the ref as a screen, then came out of the corner with a huge jumping knee to Dan, then hit a sliding knee off the rope for the win. This was also a very good match. So far, two for two for Black Label Pro. The third match was another guy uh, who was in a similar spot to Anthony Henry, uh, a guy who made his name on the independent scene, mostly in the Northeast and in Evolve, uh, went to the Fed for a cup of coffee, and came back, Anthony Green. And ever since he's been back on the on the independent scene, he's been tearing it up as well. Uh, I believe he held the Limitless Championship since then and lost it, but who cares? It was awesome. And uh, his match with Masha Slamovich at Violence and Suffering was great. I mean, he's really someone to watch. If you don't know him, definitely... When you're looking through those cards on Twitter or Instagram or just basically on the IWTV app or Fight TV and you see his name, chances are you're probably going to want to buy that show. Uh, he wrestled AAW standout, and we've seen her on AEW Dark and uh, maybe even on AEW. I don't know if she's wrestled on the main shows, but she's definitely shown her face. Uh, Sky Blue. And this match was good. It was unlike the first two because there was a story here. Anthony Green played the veteran guy who was wrestling a lesser... uh, I don't want to say a rookie, but we'll just go with that. A rookie female. And he played it like, I'm not going to give you the respect. And she was she was trying to get that respect. Halfway through the match, the crowd was for her, like giving her her respect. But he didn't want anything to do with it. But, oh my. Uh, just, just fantastic work by both of these competitors. Uh, I will probably watch it again. That's how good it was. But the end came when Sky Blue was sitting in the corner. Anthony Green pulled her by the legs upwards into a pop-up pile driver. And afterwards, uh, she bowed to him. Uh, the crowd... This, this match was... One of the only matches that this crowd really gave into. Uh, the crowd for this show was just not... It wasn't there. Like, I don't know if it was because it wasn't, like, packed because of COVID protocols or these people just weren't... Uh, didn't have a lot of coffee or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. But she bowed to him, and then he hugged her. And it was fantastic. It was it was great. Um, the next match was for the Black Label Pro Tag Team Championship. 
It was Violences Forever, uh, aka Kevin Koo and Dominic Guarini against who had who have just been announced for the NWA's Crockett Cup tournament, which I am so happy to see because Violences Forever is the premier independent tag team. Bar none. Uh, against the Bang Bros, which is hilarious if you're a pervert, uh, of August Matthews and Davey Bang. This match was wild because Davey and August are more of a, they're a younger team. Uh, I'm not sure in age, but probably they don't have the name value as Violence is Forever. forever. Um, Dominic and Kevin have wrestled around the U.S. together for a long time. They have the chemistry built up. Uh, August and Davey look like young guys, and they're, they, they wrestle a... Uh, if I'd compare them to a tag team, I'd compare them to maybe top flight. Um, there was a point in this match where August Matthews springboarded out from the outside on the second rope and cleared a hell of a lot of space and hit a cutter. Uh, at one point, Dominic Greeny had August Math uh, Davy Bang, I believe, in a choke, uh, and August Matthews came down with a 450 on the both of them. Um, they showed a lot of promise, but Violence is Forever just, they're like the new Red Dragon. They are so... They'll beat you down. They'll twist you up. It, it's incredible to watch. And uh, the end came when Kevin Kevin Koo intercepted a spear with a Busaiko knee to Davy Bang. Then he hit a regal plex while Dominic came with a running knee on August Matthews. Then he picked August Matthews back up, hit an X-plex, to which Dominic Greeny caught Matthews on the way down in a figure four chokehold, and it was over. And they are they are so dominant. They are so dominant. I, I I have to see them at some point wrestle Red Dragon. Because at that point it should be a torch passing moment. Um <clears throat> the next match was Levi Everett against Warhorse. Two very gimmick-driven men. Levi Everett uh, is like an Amish character. And Warhorse, if you don't know, uh, he rules ass. He is the embodiment of metal in the independent wrestling scene. And by metal, I mean purely like 80s. Uh, Judas Priest, old Metallica, uh, Death... Um, probably any, any type of metal from the eighties. And it was very, it was a very funny match because Levi Everett is very committed to his character. He came out with a churn of butter and he shook all the people in the front row's hands before he got in there. More horse comes out. Levi Everett wants to share his butter with Warhorse, who wants nothing of it, and Levi wants to show him how to churn butter. Warhorse lets him, but of course, kicks him in the head, 
while he's doing this. Uh, this match turned up pretty quick. Um, it was it was nice. It was a nice short match because it ended when they were outside on a table that looked. It didn't look gimmicked. It looked like a real table, like a vendor table. And uh, Warhorse hit a brain buster on Levi Everett, threw it, and both men were uh, double counted out. So, <coughs> well, I, any matches that end in countouts or interference, I, I don't say is a must-watch, but it was an entertaining watch. If you're going to sit down and watch this whole show, it's it does not take away from the show. Um, after that, uh, we had uh, Alex Zane against Dante Martin. And if you know either of these two men, which you should, if you're watching this show, uh, you know what you're going to get. Um, you're going to get a lot of springboards. You're going to get a lot of flippy stuff. You're going to get uh, slaps and kicks and, punches and that's what this match was um at one point which this spot was crazy dante martin was springboarding in to alex zane but alex zane decided to springboard up and caught dante martin coming in with a cutter which was fantastic uh alex zane missed the crunch wrap supreme he also missed the uh the move where he flips into a hurricane rana off the top, uh, Dante had had his man scouted. Uh, Dante ended up winning with a nosedive springboard moonsault. Uh, this was a pretty good match, but from what I heard that these guys have done in PWG from last year and such, you know, the stuff that we probably still can't see yet, uh, this is probably just a taste of what they've done there but still definitely worth watching like absolutely next we had chase holiday against alice crowley and there was a third a third person but i believe it was an unknown person uh or because commentary was like well who's coming out now and smoke and mirrors played and someone came out with a Nightmare Family jacket on, and it was Travis Outlaw, which was hilarious. And he brought out Kobe Durst, another friend of our of Armbar Audio. Uh, this match ruled. Uh, I had not seen Chase Holiday or Alice Crowley before, and Alice Crowley especially was was awesome. Uh, I'm definitely gonna check out more of her matches. Um, this is a very competitive match. Uh, I really liked. There was a point where Kobe Durst hit a, um, an off the top rope. Uh, what's the Jericho move? Uh, he doesn't do it anymore. Mm, you know what I'm talking about? It's like a backcracker, but it's in the front. Whatever, he hit that, but then Alice Crowley came off and hit him with that. Uh, 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 Codebreaker, Codebreaker, that's the name. <laughs> yes, there was a succession of Codebreakers at one point. Um, 
Chase Holiday was good in his own right as well. He was a big man. He had those big old hands beating the shit out of people. And uh, what happened was eventually uh, Kobe got the best of both of them and Powell drove Alice Crowley onto Chase Holiday for the win. Um, after this match, we had legit Layla Hirsch of uh, AEW against Kevin Blackwood, one of the Buffalo Boys. Uh, and this match, much like the Anthony Green and uh, Sky Blue match, just plain out rolled. It was fantastic because Layla, you know, she does a lot of suplexes and submissions. And Kevin is another guy like Anthony Henry and and Kevin Koo where he's technical, but he, he's strike-based as well. Um, the end happened when Kevin hit Layla with a... Ru- Rolling elbow. Layla immediately hit the ropes. Kevin went to do a duck under, but Layla hit him with a pump-up knee, and she just fell on top of Kevin, and it was uh, it was great. Layla won, and of course, after the match, they they uh, showed each other respect. Uh, you know, intergender wrestling can be so good. It is so good. I don't understand why people are against it anymore. It's 2022. We know what wrestling is. We know what wrestling is. This isn't the UFC. This isn't, this isn't, uh, your neighbors down the street fighting. This is, (laughs) you know what I mean? Come on. It's, it's ridiculous. The next match, we had uh, Travis Titan versus Rat Daddy. Uh, I had not seen either of these men before. Travis Titan is like, uh, he reminded me of like a young, like not young, but like pre-WWE Austin Theory type of heel. And Rat Daddy was, is from Australia. And I, I didn't quite get him at all. Uh... They both showed a lot of promise. Um, Rat Daddy ended up losing when Travis hit him with a cross-legged brain buster. Uh, this match was okay. Like, it, if you're going to skip a match on this card, uh, I guess you could skip this one. Unless you're like a super big Rat Daddy or a Travis Titan fan. The next match was Brutus against JCW standout Joshua Bishop. And this was this was the Haas fight of the show. And it delivered. These guys, uh just big meaty men slapping meat. And uh you know, at one point there was a black hole slam that just looked how you think it would look when two horses would do it, you know, wasn't perfect looking, but it was impactful. Um, it was just, uh, everything you'd want in a horse fight. The end came when Bishop hit Brutus with a back elbow to, uh, a sliding back elbow to the head, but holy shit, 
It, it was it was pretty awesome. But the I would say the best match on this show was the main event. And it was for the Black Label Pro Midwest Championship. Tom Lawler, filthy Tom Lawler, defending against Matt Mikowski. And Matt Mikowski has taken the Indies by storm uh, in the past year. He, We know Tom Lawler is a former UFC fighter, and he incorporates that kind of style into his wrestling. Mikowski, I believe... I don't know if ever, he's ever made it to the UFC, but he's, I believe he came from an MMA, MMA background. And this match ruled. First, it was jockeying for position through submissions and uh, pin attempts. Then eventually they got into the striking. Then it came, got into the power moves. Then it was a mixture of all three, and they were pulling out all the stops. Uh, This match ruled. The end was when Tom Lawler grabbed Mikowski's wrists and hit a Kamigoye, then went behind Mikowski with his arms wrapped around like that and hit him in the back of the head with a Kamigoye for the win. This match was brutal, and it fucking rolled. So, my grade for Black Label Pro's professional wrestling, Mikey's version, is a A. If you have an IWTV account, or you have a friend, or you have a friend's friend, or a friend's 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 friend, go watch this. Absolutely. Then the following day, uh, Prestige came back with Roseland 2. And if you what if you fought you should be following Prestige on Twitter because they have a fantastic lineup of shows coming up this weekend. They have a show, they have two shows in conjunction with West Coast Pro, and they even have more announced after that. And then in May. They have Maki Ito and Miyu Yamashita, the champion of Tokyo Joshi, coming in. So that will be great to see. Uh, and I believe in April, there's another show which I'll talk about later on while I review this one. So let's get into it. The first match was Ethan HD against newly eight. All elite signed wrestler, 17-year-old prodig- third-generation wrestling prodigy, Nick Wayne. Uh, this match was about 11 minutes, and uh, Ethan HD played the veteran heel, and Nick Wayne is Nick Wayne, man. If you never watched him before, you need to. If you, if you love independent wrestling, you know who Nick Wayne is. I don't have to explain who he is. Um... Nick Wayne and Ethan traded a lot, but the end came when Ethan, the clever old heel, used a roll-up and held the tights of Nick Wayne for the win. And afterwards, Ethan wanted to shake Nick's hand, and Nick went like that and then went like that. So 
He's not the naive young boy that you thought he was, Ethan. The second match was a four-way tag team match that GM Housen, Dan Housen, came out with the, the newly minted prestige tag team championships and said the winner would be the first ever prestige tag champions. Uh, this saw Team 503, Midnight Heat, C4, and, and Jaden and Alex Zane go at it. Uh, Jaden had a match later on in the show, but I believe he interjected himself and Alex Zane into this. Um, Going to be honest, aside from Alex Zane and Cody Chun, uh, or Corey Chun, I, I don't remember his full name, but I seen him on New Japan Strong. I had never seen any of these guys before. And I was very impressed with 503. I liked both of those guys. C4 was good. Midnight Heat, I could take him and leave him. They seem like very good character heels. But for this match, it just, they just didn't have the... And maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just basing it off this match. They didn't have the athleticism that the others had. Uh, and of course, you know, Alex Zane... And if somebody, if somebody's with Alex Zane, they're probably really good. And Jaden was, but the end came whenever uh, C4 and Alex Zane and Jaden cleared Midnight Heat and 503 out of the ring. Zane moonsaulted out of the ring onto the other teams, and C4 hit a super kick, followed by a hip attack, a standing hip attack, and then hit a high low on Jaden for the win. Afterwards, Zayn helped Jaden up, and both teams showed each other respect. Um, the match was, I guess for me, uh, I wasn't too interested in it, but as I watched, I got interested in it. The next match was Funny Bone against Warhorse, and I had seen Funny Bone before once in, uh, I believe, one of the shows that I reviewed on this show called, uh, uh, I believe it was a No Peace Underground show. And it's two painted-up gimmick dudes, uh, two badasses, and it was a war, uh, no pun intended. Um, it's fantastic. Um, you know, there was the headbutt, headbutt spot where... You know, Funny Bone headbutted Warhorse, but this does not work because he's a headbanger. Um, a lot of good, good exchanges here, but Funny Bone ended up winning when Warhorse was tied up in the ropes in a kind of, I think it was like a reverse Tree of Woe, like his back was like that, was facing us instead of his front. And Funny Bone hit a demon stomp. And then once Warhorse was out of the Tree of Woe, he went back up and hit another demon stomp. And uh, I liked this because I fully expected Warhorse to win. And I like that Funny Bone won. Um, especially, I, I believe Funny Bone is a West Coast guy. So, uh, and, and more people... You know, when people don't know somebody, like, 
that Warhorse is definitely the more known wrestler. So people are tuning in to this match to see Warhorse and for Warhorse to put over a veteran as like Funny Bone, I thought was fantastic. Um <clears throat> The next match was for the Prestige Championship. Well, it wasn't supposed to be. Alex Shelley and Dalton Castle had a match, but Tom Lawler came out and he, he wanted to wrestle as well. He said, this is a great show, but I've been your champion for three years and you don't have me on the show. So I want to be in this match. And, uh, I believe Dalton Castle it was either it was Dalton Castle or Alex Shelley, and they said you can be in the match as long as you put the title on the line. And Lawler said okay. Um, this match was fantastic. You know, two two one major veteran, uh, Dalton who's very well seasoned, and Tom Lawler who's just fantastic. And there was a point where Alex Shelley grabbed Tom Lawler's uh, jewels and then pulled on them and then put his hand in Tom Lawler's mouth. Uh, you know, you had uh, great exchanges of throws between Tom and Dalton. Uh, but eventually what ended up happening was Alex Shelley hitting a double slice bread on both competitors and becoming the new prestige champion. Afterwards, Alex grabbed the mic and said, give it up to Tom Lawler for holding this belt for three years. Not, no one does that now. No one holds a belt for three years. And he gave it up to, to Tom Lawler and Dalton Castle in funny sexual ways. And he said that, he said, let's take next week, let's make this triple threat a menage a trois. And they kept trying to tell him that that's still three. But he he said next week it's going to be us three again with the addition of Mike Bailey when he puts up the Prestige Championship in a fatal four-way. And I'm looking forward to watching that show this weekend. Uh, there's a lot of good matches on that card, by the way. Not just that one. Uh, the next match was an unsanctioned anything goes match between Taya Valkyrie and Drexel. Drexel looks like a an extra in a Rob Zombie film or music video, and he is one sick bastard. Um, <laughs> the match started hilariously, where Drexel got the mic and said. I only did this so I could get an autograph. I don't really even want to hurt you. And Taya didn't really believe him, but took the photo and was going to sign it and said, you owe me $20. And he said, wait, can you make it out as Frankie Monet? And everyone was like, oh, and he was like, what? I liked that gimmick. She had a little dog. Dogs are cool. Ha ha ha. And like, this dude is such a creep, and she she took control right away. Uh, but 
I mean, this was like a death match. Uh, there was a stapler involved. He stapled that. Um, he stapled her with the five by ten or eight by ten, and um, he pulled out a door that had roses on it, and the roses spelled out Taya, but she ended up spearing him through it. Um, there was skewers involved. He brought out skewers, and she ended up using them on him. Uh, it was just a really, it was actually a really good match. And Taya had it in the bag until a hooded, masked wrestler came in and ruined her day. And Drexel ended up winning. But afterwards, it did not seem like this masked character was on Drexel's side, but more for themselves. And this person unmasked and unhooded, and it was Athena. And Taya got up, and they had a face-off, and Taya kept walking... She kept walking Ember... Oh, Athena, into... Like, the ropes, like, they started off in the middle, and then Athena pushed her onto the ground and hit a finisher, and in April, we will see Taya Valkyrie against Athena, which I'm excited for. This really popped the crowd. Like I said in Black Label Pro, where I said the crowd was kind of dead for the show, this show, the crowd was on fire on fire almost the entire evening and there's no reason they shouldn't have been uh that the sh the card was amazing the next match was titus alexander against sonico against Jaden against calvin tankman and this ended when sonico caught a kick from Jaden and hit him with a knee then pinned Jaden after an amf which was like a cradle ddt afterwards nick Wayne came down to congratulate Sonico. I guess they have a relationship in prestige. And then Alexander came down to help Jaden up again. And they, it seemed like all four were talking like a tag match or something. And when Nick Wayne and Sonico left, Zane turned on Jaden with a pop-up knee strike and then ripped off Jaden's masquerade mask. That's another thing. You know, most wrestlers, their gear matches. Jaden had black, silver, and yellow tights. A weird, just eye-covering masquerade mask that was, like, navy and silver. And his hair was dyed, like, teal. Uh, the aesthetic threw me off. But Alexane, I guess, was... Tired of being a mentor to a loser. So I'm sure that will be something to watch going forward. The next match, aside from the main event, was my favorite match on the show. Pax Americana of MV Young, Hometown Boy, and Dark Sheik against Bussy of Alley Catch and Effie. And I watched this match with John, and I said, isn't it fucking rad that three out of four of those people have been on our show? And he was like, yeah, man, that's a really good feeling. And it is. Uh, this match was just fucking awesome. They 
pulled out all the stops, uh, doors, trash cans, chairs, but used in the right ways. They, they did moves as well. Uh, MV Young did like an awesome bomb, which is so cool because I love Mike Awesome. And, uh, you know, we've seen an Under the Rainbow. We saw Dark Sheik do the split dick punch uh, and her her leg drops and kicks and alley with the pal driver and uh, the the Death Valley driver through a door. But eventually what happened was MV Young had Effie up on his shoulders in a doomsday position and Dark Sheik came off the top with a kick. Uh, but the, and there was a pile, everything was in a pile in the middle of the ring at this point. So it all happened on top of that. And when Sheik went for the pin, Allie broke it up, but <laughs> this just pissed off MV Young who powerbombed Allie onto Effie and then MV and Dark Sheik both pinned Effie for the win. And this made me very happy. Because if you've ever seen Dark Sheik in GCW, yes, it's great that she's on GCW and getting the payday and getting the exposure. But she hardly, I don't know if she's gotten a win there yet. And MV Young, even if he wasn't from Pittsburgh, deserves to be more places. And if you know MV Young, you know that there are people out there who are actively against him for no fucking reason. He's been banned by Twitter three times, and he didn't even say or do anything offensive. It's very upsetting to his fans. But he's still getting bookings, so whoever, whoever's doing that, it's, it's not working. MV's still getting out there and getting paid. Um... But this match fucking ruled. Um, absolutely. The main event was, as you can see on the screen, Malachi Black against Davey Richards. Two generations of a similar fighter. And it did not disappoint. The best match between both of these shows was this match. So... Fucking good. The transitions, the counters, the counters, counters. It was amazing. If I sat here and tried to explain the match to you, I would do it a disservice. Just watch the match however you can. Now, the end came, of course, when Malachi Black hit Richards with the Black Mass. After the match, Malachi wanted a handshake. And why would a character like Malachi Black want a handshake? And this took a while. Someone in the crowd even said, Just fucking do it already! And I popped. But, uh, Davey went to shake the hand, the lights went out, Brody King was behind him, Gonzo Bomb, House of Black, Pose to send the Prestige fans and everyone at home gone uh, away, which was fantastic. Now, 
I said earlier in this show that Prestige and West Coast Pro are putting on two shows together. And in West Coast Pro last year, and maybe the beginning of this year, not sure, Davey Richards had two matches with Kevin Blackwood. They have a mutual respect. Brody King and Malachi Black just assaulted Davey Richards. And at Prestige in West Coast Pro Savage Mode, Malachi Black will be wrestling Kevin Blackwood. This here smells like money. This here smells like individual matches, tag matches, possibly number one contender tag team uh, implications. I don't know. Who am I? Just some guy on the internet. But if I was Prestige and West Coast, I'd be looking at these four as a main program. Next week, I will be coming to you again, uh, talking about New Texas Pro and Terminus 2. Jonathan Gresham's uh, new modern age grappling show. The first one... I feel was a success, and the second one looks like it's going to be awesome. And the new the new Texas Pro uh, show is an intergender show where Brian Keith will be defending against one of my favorite wrestlers, Masha Slamovich. Uh, I don't really have like an outro thing that I say like I do on Armbar Audio Show, so uh, hopefully I see you then. Take it easy, everyone. on